Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome to the Solo Cleaning School podcast. Today I'm going to tell you the story of why I fired my first client. No, Ken, you shouldn't be firing your clients. Well, there are times when this becomes necessary. So let's dive into that story and many other updates as I share with you a journey inside of my own personal solo cleaning company, Carfagno Cleaning. This statement will resonate with many of you. Do you have customers right now that you know are sucking the profits right out of your business? If you don't resonate, you will soon. I've been doing this solo cleaning ISO model journey for 16 years now. And I have discovered that there are four types or categories or groups of clients that you should be keeping a pulse on in your business. Let's go through those four groups and then we're going to see why I chose to fire the client that I just did. Group number one, these are low paying, high drama clients. They are easy to spot and you should optimize them out of your business. We don't need those. They don't pay you much and they cost you a lot of mental energy and emotional frustration. Group number two, these are high paying, low drama clients. These are also easy to spot, and these are the ones that you want to clone in your business as you optimize. So these are the two extremes. You don't want the low-paying, high-drama. Those are the worst, but the best are the high-paying, low-drama. Awesome, but there are two other categories or groups that are harder to spot or recognize, but they still rub you the same way, and it's wrong both times. One, which is group three, is the high-paying, high-drama client. You make great money and have the ability to speed up easily. However, they cancel often, forget to pay, ask for a lot of extras, communicate frequently, too frequently, if you know what I mean, ask for lots of little things, This causes you to expend emotional and mental energy on these clients more than the time that you should be while you're cleaning or prepping to go to their house or office. It's hard to give these clients up because they pay so well, but you must in order to optimize your business down the road. It's kind of the reverse 80-20 analysis here. 20% of your clients are leading to 80% of your frustration. That's the high drama. You want to get those out, even the high drama ones that pay well. Group number four, this is the other type that's also hard to recognize. These are low paying, low drama. They are easy clients. They pay on time. They only communicate when there is an adjustment or a question. They're easy to satisfy. However, they don't pay you much. And if you keep these clients as an optimizer, you're going to have to significantly increase their prices. That's a really hard thing to do. Do you resonate with any of these groups? I'm sure you know the group one and group two. 
the group one again, the low-paying high drama. You do not want these. These are the worst. Group two, the high-paying low drama. You want these. These are the best. But those group three and group four, they're the ones that are going to eat your business alive and prevent you from reaching the optimizer phase of the ISO model. As I've shared in previous Carfagno cleaning updates, I've just crossed from stabilizer to optimizer in my solo cleaning business. This is very exciting as I can now go 100% toward my 2021 smart goal of a $6,000 per month profit in my cleaning business on two cleaning days per week. As I've stated, of the four types of clients, there have been two of the 15 clients that I have that fit in the unwanted categories. One is a house cleaning client that is low paying and high drama. Well, that's easy. That's a group one. Don't get me wrong. This is a really nice family. I like them a lot. It's one of the first I added in 2020. However, I underpriced it, and as far as the drama part, the wife would like me to constantly give updates on the exact time I'm going to be there, which is fine because she's trying to run a home and she has little babies, but I currently have her in the number two spot of three houses on a given day, and it's hard to pinpoint the exact time I'm going to get there. Sometimes it's 11, sometimes it's 12, so she wants me to keep her updated and give her a heads up. She's the only client that wants me to do that. Is it a big deal? No, but it's extra drama for me. I like very simple. She's also wanted to change the times on me. I was there in the morning first thing, and now I'm there in the mid-afternoon, and she'd like to go back to morning. So there's a few shifts there. And as far as the cleaning itself, I do a great job, but she's also made it a little bit more difficult for me to optimize as she keeps finding things she wants me to add to the list, so to speak. So she's paying, I think, maybe the top end of her budget. And because of that, she wants to get more value out of the cleaning, which I totally understand. It just makes her a lower paying, higher drama client. And I recognize that. It's nothing personal. It's business. And I am now an optimizer. And I get to choose which clients I would like to optimize with. And I like the high paying, low drama ones. So for this particular client, I did not get rid of them as a stabilizer as I needed every dollar for my family. However, I'll be doing price increases in mid to late 2021, and this client will be one of the ones getting a large increase. I'll make sure to have a house on my waiting list that is high paying and low drama ready to replace them. The other client is a little different situation. It's a commercial client. It's a much tougher one as a group four type of client. This client is low drama. That's great. It's high impact. That's awesome. I'm cleaning for autistic kids in a school setting, but it's also low paying. And that's my fault. I've literally done all I can to optimize and speed up this job, but to no avail. I would like to have kept this client. I really would, but I just haven't been able to get the time fast enough to make the hourly rate worth it. 
It was one of the first offices in my stabilizer growth phase of 2020, just like the house I mentioned. So what's in common of these two clients? They were one of the first ones, the first office and the first house that I started with in 2020. So really, I was kind of in between the initializer and stabilizer phase taking anything. So these are two remnants of that era of my business. (laughs) So now I'm in the next era, which is optimizer, and they don't fit. Is this starting to make sense? Let me give you some more details so you can see the scenario play out. And by the way, had I priced this job correctly in the first place, I probably wouldn't have gotten the job. No matter, it's done. I was able to earn $500 per month for over six months. And that was a blessing for sure, especially during the second half of COVID in 2020. I've known that I was going to have to substantially increase the prices on this school in 2021. I just wasn't looking forward to it because it's a school and they don't have the funds to really take the price increase, but they really do need the help. So that made it even harder. It compounded the matter. So what was I going to do? I've got these two clients and in the stabilizer phase, I need them. I need the money. But as an optimizer, they're not my ideal client. They're not. It's just not part of my game plan and strategy for growing an optimized $6,000 per month profit machine on two days per week. Does that sound good? Does it sound easy? No. It takes some tough business decisions, even when you have to let really good clients go. And so normally the way I would let a client go is through the price increase strategy of the optimizer phase. And before I would let them go, I would have replacements as I've mentioned. But this scenario took a different spin and it's really exciting news. I've shared previously that my company has gotten literally into the jet stream in the local veterinary hospital tribe. I've already been hired by two veterinary hospitals, and I submitted a third proposal just last week. Well, good news. The doctor replied to my proposal this week with this. Thank you so much, Ken, for the detailed proposal. I'd like to start with option two as soon as possible. What's option two? It's bi-weekly cleaning of this veterinary hospital for $975 per month. Let's compare. $500 per month every week, $975 per month every other week. Hmm, so who's gotten better at pricing? Oh, that'd be me, Ken, the optimizer. That's right. So the great news immediately sparked calendar controversy. Okay, I need to make a choice. Or could I fit him in? Let me try. Get out my best calendar Tetris moves that I know as an optimizer. And I played with the schedule and tried to make it work. I tried, I tried, I tried. But every way I looked at it, every scenario, I'm cleaning with my two older kids. And I was going to overwork myself and my two kids. And legally and physically, that was not going to work for my business. At least at this phase in my Saturday office cleaning schedule. So something had to give. I was either going to put this client on the waiting list, you know, the new vet, for $975 and say, yeah, you can just wait until I'm ready. I know it's dangling $1,000 in front of me, but I have someone that is $500 ahead of you, right? I could do that. I could also find a way to fit them in. 
I could eliminate another office client. I could hire someone to help. But at this point, as I thought through the options with my current goals in 2021, the best option and solution for me was to fire the $500 per month low-paying, low-drama client. It's a hard choice, and so I ran this decision scenario past my wife first, who's got amazing wisdom to share with me. Obviously, she's very interested because that's our family's income and her children working with me, so she's the first one. I also spoke with my board of directors in my Total Life Freedom Mastermind group, and all were in agreement with one caveat. Hey, Ken, you also run cleaning groups and you help other cleaners. Do you have anyone that's local to you? I said, uh, yeah, actually, there is one that's in my neighborhood, like Mr. Rogers. Well, Ken, how about you give them the job? Then you'll be serving someone that's already paying you another area of your business And so you're not giving it up, you're giving it away to someone else that you're serving. I said, that's brilliant, I'm going to do that. I reluctantly made the phone call that Monday morning after my board of directors meeting. And I spoke to the super sweet lady who's been my point of communication with the school. I shared my struggle, my limitations, and along with my proposed solution to refer another cleaning company that I trust. It was really hard, but the phone call went really well. She was disappointed, but also extremely grateful for my professionalism and the full month's notice I gave her. This would give her the opportunity to find a replacement, including interviewing the company I referred. Here's the part that really got me. I was referred to her school by a local friend. I'm not going to say the friend because this is more of an anonymous story because I want you just to hear how it went down. This friend never told her that I owned a cleaning service. What? No, he didn't. What did he tell then, Ken? Well, thanks for asking. He told her that I consulted cleaning companies. I had a podcast, which is all true. And so she wanted me to come over for an estimate to look at the school and then to give a quality recommendation for which cleaning service to hire, assuming that I knew a lot of local cleaning services. And I do. And I can make a recommendation. I didn't know all of this. So when she found out that I also owned a cleaning service and that I could personally do the job, she was ecstatic and held her card close to her vest. It was a very serendipitous occasion and a slam dunk for her. (laughs) So therefore, when I called to resign from the cleaning duties and pass on a recommendation, it literally put me back in the exact spot she was expecting eight months ago when I showed up at her doorstep. It really is amazing how these things work out. Everything worked out amazing. I gave up $500 per month for a weekly cleaning in exchange for $975 per month for a bi-weekly cleaning. That's a huge, huge optimizer step and the first major one in my new solo cleaning business. So before I move on to the next part of my business update, I have some advice and I want you to really, really do this tonight. 
when you get done cleaning, when you get done dinner, you put the kids to bed, get out a notebook or your digital notebook, whatever you're using, I want you to write out all of your clients and I want you to label them into one of the four categories I've already outlined. And then I want you to stare at them and I want you to let this list of your clients speak to you. You will see something very powerful stand out. How close are you to preparing to become an optimizer. You may have the money in place, but if you have high paying, high drama clients, you're going to have a hard time in the optimizer phase because high drama clients don't typically give you good trust scores. You need to extract groups one, three, and four from your business to become a high efficiency, high profits, low drama, optimizer, solo cleaning company. Does that sound good to you? It sounds good to me. That's what I'm doing. And so I hope you do it. So go ahead, seriously, go get your notebooks tonight and do this exercise. You'll be so happy that you did. Over these last few weeks, I also sent out a house cleaning proposal to a potential high paying, low drama client. Yes, that's a group two optimizer type. Yay. So we'll see. I am looking to fill one more monthly or biweekly spot for my house cleaning side of the business or to make this new one a waiting list client so that I can start raising prices on the houses such as the one I mentioned earlier on this podcast. This sounds like another optimizer big move coming up, but we shall see. Nothing is in green yet. It's still a wait and see. The last update I'd like to share is really exciting as well. There are many optimizer tools in my ISO model. One of the more overlooked ones is your cleaning system. I've been perfecting mine for years. However, I've mostly done houses and small offices, so I haven't had to consider too much the tools of my vacuum cleaner attachment and mop heads. I just grabbed the ones that came stock. I upgraded to some other ones, but they were always the same size. The floor path size from end to end, the width of the tool for the mop and my vacuum. I had a 16 inch wide mop and I had a 12 inch wide vacuum attachment for hard surfaces because you have to vacuum and mop all these surfaces. And they were fine in most of my houses, but something changed as I've been growing with veterinary hospitals, with large open spaces, thousands of square feet of just hardwood floor. That takes a long time to vacuum and mop. I've just been using the same tools. So I realized there was an opportunity for optimizing. I went online and I started searching for other tools. And I was so excited to spend $125 on two parts. One was a 20-inch wide vacuum attachment for hardwood surfaces. It has brush on the bottom, 20 inches, which is 8 inches wider than the one I already had. And it swivels, which gives me a full 360 of motion as I vacuum. If you don't know what I'm talking about or have never used a backpack vacuum style, this 
means that I can vacuum with my wand and the floor attachment can swivel a full 360 degrees so that I can get in nooks and crannies. This tool is also narrower, which means I can get into corners and behind some of the furniture. So an all around awesome tool. I was super excited to test it. I also grabbed a new mop head, which is 24 inches wide. You see how giddy I'm getting? I am such a numbers nerd. This is also eight inches wider, just like my vacuum attachment. And it's not as long in the narrow direction. And otherwise, it's gonna have less friction because the pads on my other style, the 12 inch one, were rectangular where the length and width were similar. It was like 16 inches by maybe nine inches. This one is only about three inches by 24 inches. So it's smoother on the ground to push. It requires less pushing and it covers more distance. My son's been doing all the mopping and I've been doing the vacuuming in these larger places. So I was very eager to get new cleaning times for each new tool. And by the way, this is only possible because I track everything in my business. And I recommend you do too. Here's the results. And we'll wrap up the podcast episode with this. The mop head saved 20 minutes on a 90-minute job in the first time that my son used it. That's a reduction of 22%. That's amazing. The second usage at the same location, it saved 35 minutes or 39%. Do you see how I'm tracking this? And the vacuum attachment saved me 20 minutes on a 90-minute vacuuming job. Again, that's 22%. So combined, these two tools cost me $125, but they gained me a lot of time back. And as you know, gained time equals money. Because if every hour is worth $100, as an example and you save an hour and replace it with other work, that's $100 more revenue in the same time. That's optimizing. These tools just saved us 22% in one place. That's just one place. Multiply that across my entire arsenal of houses and offices, and it's going to be a huge time saver. And by the way, $125? It's not a cost at all. It's an investment into the optimizing of my cleaning company. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have an incredible week. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.